Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Hey, Norma, I'm so excited to be here today with you and to discuss this topic. Equally excited. Yes, thank you, Carrie. I hope you had a good week and excited for our second episode. Yes. Yeah. So our topic today is about finding our voice. And I think that's a really kind of a a near and dear topic for me. I maybe didn't always know what it meant to me or what that meant when somebody said it. But um, as I have uh, maybe developed more about um, being able to speak what I believe and and how I think, it has really um, become a, a, a very special sort of part of my own growth. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if I think of myself earlier in life, I really didn't have a voice. Um, I I think what I I was looking for permission all the time to speak. And I think age helped with that. And also, I think my own self-development and growth has also contributed quite a bit to where I am today. So, yes, I think it's a great topic. Let's, let's start. So, really cool. where do you want to go first? Yeah, well, I think um, maybe what? why don't we just kind of describe how you, what do you believe the term finding your voice means i think it means to me that we we have to do that um that self-discovery um we have to discover who we are what you stand for and what you have to offer the world and i think it is that first initial process of discovering and then i think the second part to it is is the expression of it because um, we can have all these thoughts and ideas and opinions and beliefs in our minds, but we maybe don't have the the courage to express it and to and to give it to the world. So I definitely think if we're talking about finding your voice, it's really related to dis- doing the self-discovery, but also working on that part that is expressing it. And um, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. And I, and I also find, I love what you said. And I think like I also find being, at least in the beginning, um, learning to be willing to be wrong sometimes too. Not that what I think is wrong necessarily, but once I hear, heard myself begin to express it, as you've said, I would sometimes be noticing that even while I was talking, I was thinking, hang on, <laughs> maybe that's not right. But that was a part of the process, I think, of really, um, and maybe that's because of how I do learn is by actually speaking out, you know, sort of what I'm thinking and hearing myself say something. And and so really, I, I probably learned how to do most of my, you know, um, sharing of my thoughts and expressing my voice in 
pretty safe circles, but um, there was the the chance that I was probably going to say something, and then I would actually kind of retract it a little bit, just just to um, frame it a little bit differently because it wasn't, you know, it hadn't really all been thought through yet. How do you then sort of distinguish between trying to edit yourself mm. so that other people might not take offense and knowing the difference to this isn't something I've thought through a lot. Um, let me like rephrase it before it comes out. Yeah, I wish I was wise enough to let me rephrase it before it came out. <laughs> Sometimes it had already come out and I would find myself <laughs> rephrasing it. And and not, I mean, yes, I wouldn't want to offend somebody unnecessarily. Um, but if it was truly what you believed, right, and you just hadn't quite learned how to express it yet, and so again, that that being in the company of a gracious audience, I was quite fortunate in that at home when I was little, that was encouraged. And so I really did learn how to have conversations and express my own thoughts and beliefs, you know, around a dinner table where there were, you know, my family was present and there was an understanding of maybe you know, the background of where some of my thoughts and ideas I was expressing might have come from. And it also created uh, space for my parents or sibling to kind of, you know, help me further develop those thoughts. There'd be further questions to that, that maybe challenge that thought or, you know, help me just to, to re reaffirm that thought or to describe it better. But um, a lot of us, don't learn that as children. And so it, it's something we pick up more in our adult years. Yeah. So what sort of advice would you give someone that haven't been in that fortunate position to really been um, prompted by, you know, the, the, the nurturers or their parents as kids to voice their opinions. Um, because that I think if, if a child is never encouraged to speak their voice when they're younger, and I think it gets harder the older we get, because now we've got all of this conditioning that's already a part of us and we have the world putting pressures on us. So how do you, or, or how, what advice would you give someone that wasn't in that position to really speak their minds? Um, how can they sort of go about today and starting this process of finding their voice and feeling comfortable talking about their beliefs, opinions, values? Yeah. I would imagine circles of, of girlfriends, um, peers at work, you know, often in the lunchroom, you know, it feels probably, it maybe sounds like it's a bit late almost at that point, but I, I think for some people, it doesn't really happen until that age of, you know, where they are responsible for their own lives, that they start that kind of communication. 
And so it will depend so much on the relationships that they're in and the work environments that they're in, whether they feel welcome to have their own, you know, expression. And I think some people too just can't keep it inside of them. So they've maybe been, you know, vocal all the way along. But I don't know, what what would you say, how was the way that you first began to express yourself, Norma? I think from the time that I have been exposed and doing, you know, self-discovery, doing self-development, um, it is actually just sitting down and for me starting the process was to ask myself, so, myself those difficult questions um, like, who am I? What do I want in life? Where do I want to end up? Where do I see myself? Um, what do I believe? Um, maybe if I think back as a child, how I was maybe conditioned, what's all the stuff that I've picked up from the world, um, how that has influenced me and and really going and having a look at, you know, is is those beliefs or ways that I think about myself or the world, is it still a way that I want to think? And I think starting to question and starting to question everything, because sometimes we are not even aware of the stuff that we believe. And if we believe things, that's how we, it's sort of those glasses that we put on that we look at the world at. And so for me, starting that process is, is the self-discovery, find out who I am, what do I value, what's important to me? And I think it's like once I know where I want to go to, it's so much easier. It's, it's, it's like looking at the end destination. And if I have a GPS and I put the, the destination in my GPS, then I'm confident I'm going to get there. But if I don't have an end destination, what am I going to put into the GPS? So I think it, it 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 just makes it easier for me to be confident in what I believe and my views and my opinions and that I have an opinion and that, that I can express it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think... One time, and I like I think it always depends where we are in life and the, the relationships that we're in. You know, we may be particularly able to express ourselves in one scenario, but in another, um, we find it more difficult. And so, always just kind of figuring out how do I want to show up here? How do I want to, I think like you said, what do you, what do I want to bring, right? Where do I want to end up? What do I want to bring to this conversation? I think helps as well to learn about speaking because often I notice when we don't say anything, it can be interpreted by others as well, either as agreement or, as not having an opinion at all about the matter or even maybe um, almost aloof, not willing to go into the discussion. And each of those might be, might be true at different times. And so it's interesting how sometimes I may feel almost obligated to <laughs> use my voice 
when I'd really mm-hmm. rather <laughs> just observe and take in information too. So something just that I've become aware of is, is just because somebody's not expressing all the time their thoughts and their beliefs to not assume any of these other ideas or thoughts about them and what they believe and just understand that I really don't know. You know, they haven't said anything. And so we don't know, which I don't know about you, but sometimes I assume what the other person is thinking and I'll turn that into something about judgment or whatever. So, you know, it's both are kind of, you know, it's sort of two sides to the same coin, maybe. And so learning also to not feel like you have to say something all the time, Mm -hmm. right? I think we're really encouraged right now and in this day to be giving our opinion and expressing our thoughts on everything. And it really isn't necessary. And I don't know that we should feel forced to if we don't want to. I agree. Um, I think even those times where you know, we don't speak, we, we don't speak our voice out loud, um, to have the confidence to know that I have maybe a different belief to what the other person was saying, and I'm confident enough in what I know, and I don't even have to take the conversation further. It mm-hmm. is, I think that's that confidence that builds when you actually take the time and the energy to sit down with yourself regularly and it's almost like update beliefs, update what I believe about my life right now, about where I want to go, why was my goals, what's important to me. It's like reinforcing um, to know that what do I believe and what do I want to my voice to sound like. So that's what I I have on that point. Mm-hmm. Um, where I want to go next is maybe you can – Tell us a little bit about what do you what's the barriers that you think prevent people from finding their voice? And importantly, how can they overcome those those barriers? Yeah, I think that it's always about what we're thinking, right? About a situation or about the value of what we actually bring ourselves. And so, you know, I, I, I know I started off by saying, you know, this this nurturing sort of situation I had at home, et cetera. But I also had some really wonky ideas about once I got married, that somehow my opinions and my thoughts were supposed to take a backseat and be much less important than my husband's. And I think I I that's what I thought submission was to my husband and to have a good marriage. And I, I really got quiet in that time. Now I was the stay at home parent. And so where it came to raising the kids, I very much used my voice and did the things that I believed. And I would have those kinds of discussions with my husband But when it came to absolutely everything else, I really lost my way in what is my role here as a wife. And so finding my voice in that situation really was difficult. 
And I think what happened was I'd been quiet for so long. My husband was kind of trying to navigate some really important life decisions with a wife and a partner that he had married, kind of not coming forward and really creating balance um, and just kind of almost relegating all of that heaviness to him to take care of. So I don't know where do these thoughts come from, but they were, that was the way I was thinking. And so coming out of that, um, I'm trying to remember, we did do some marriage counseling for several years. And so maybe it was during that time, I believe that I was being encouraged you know, when there was that third person there to, you know, I was being asked and was really forced to have to think about my beliefs. And then to be honest, it was just like, it was just like I was all of a sudden in an adolescent stage in that relationship. And then I started using my voice and I was a little reckless because I had kept things inside. I realized for so long And there were effects of that in our marriage and in our children's lives and our personal relationship that I obviously was being so quiet on that. There was almost like this rebellion and it was a little bit, I mean, I hope that my language wasn't even perhaps, I'm going to say abusive, like harsh, because I was, I had felt suppressed for so long and no fault of my husband, just thoughts that, oh, I shouldn't speak up. I'm supposed to be quiet now. You know, I think that those are the barriers that you were asking about that really keep us from finding our voice. It's not my place. Maybe I don't really know. I should just mind my own business. Um, Those sorts of thoughts that I had in my own head, I think, prevented me from finding my voice and really contributing to the relationship in a really big way. Yeah, um, I like what you just said. Um, I think in marriage, yes, that can definitely be uh, some barriers. Um, I'm also thinking about, um, you know, in our workplace, in our friendship circles, Mm. how we can, how those barriers come up, um, you know, barriers for me and that I used to used to have was things like people pleasing and I think wanting to be liked or wanting to be accepted, um, that that was a big barrier for me. Um, I also think, and again, when we don't know who we are, then we're trying to impress other people or fear that we might disrupt the status quo. Um, and, I, and I think also um, thinking about the consequences of the things we say um, when we find our voice and immediately what comes up for me is is when we for example set starting to set boundaries that um we want to set a boundary that we sometimes think oh you know what i don't i'm not too sure what the consequences are going to be what the other person is going to think about it um am i going to risk our relationship so i think that's also things that come up that that might um you know be a barrier for us and i also think like you know, belonging, um, because we all want to belong somewhere. And I think if we are scared to voice our opinion, um, you know, we're scared of losing that belonging to a certain group. 
Um, I love what Brene Brown says about this. She says belonging is the opposite of fitting in. So the fitting in part is that we're changing the way that we want to, you know, be perceived or what we do, you know, that it's it's acceptable by the group. But belonging is actually the important one because that's where we have to belong to ourselves first. And I think when we're finding our voice, I think that's the most important aspect of it is belonging to ourselves first and what feels true and authentic to me and not necessarily thinking about what other people think. Yeah, that's really that's really neat. I hadn't heard that before. What do you think about somebody expressing themselves um, in a way that then is truly representing themselves? Like, how do they find that uniqueness or, you know, a willingness maybe even to express that uniqueness? Um, maybe what kind of an audience can we be? Do you know what I mean? Like, so that that person, other people are, you know, being welcomed to go ahead and express their voice. How can someone identify their unique voice and express it in a way that feels authentic to them? I think going back to that self-discovery, and I think this whole conversation, that's sort of the fundamentals for a conversation like this, because we have to know who we are, where we want to go in life, what's important to us, what we value in order to express our views. And I think... We have to be courageous, I think, is is one thing that is definitely a, a prerequisite. Um, not necessarily, you know, being too concerned about what others think. Um, I think starting to express your views, even if it is something very new to you. Um, I think like everything else in life, the things we do the most, you know, we get better at them. And I think in the beginning, if I think of myself, for instance, at the, in the beginning, it was very difficult for me to express myself because I think I didn't even have the vocabulary to, to really express myself. So for me to really, again, do that self-reflection and know where I want to go and who I want to be and how I want to be perceived um, in the world, I think that is is something that that needs to happen how um how can we encourage others and support others in finding their voice i think it's like creating a space for other people to really feel that we're listening and that we're interested and maybe that we're curious um and i think what we can do is is just be very interested in the other person and and just ask them a lot of questions and it's really like encourage them things that we say, but also through our body language that we're open to hear what they have to say. And I think that can be at times the best thing for the other person to just see our body language and see that although you might not necessarily always agree with them, but that you are like intensively listening to them. And I think maybe that is can be like a spark for someone to see someone else really listening to what and being interested in what they're saying and for them to then continue doing that. Yeah. 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 Even, yeah. Leaning in, looking interested, like you said, that, that kind of, um, I'm, I'm currently coaching somebody in my practice right now who is really 
really struggling with this concept of using her voice. She knows what she thinks and what she believes. That's not confusing to her, but her concern about not being, or at least not feeling accepted by the other person and feeling even rejected by the other person because of what she might express um, you know, so there's a fear of not being loved or not being appreciated and so is afraid to speak out. And so just exploring that and asking questions about, you know, what that would mean to her, why that's scary, what, you know, what she would make that mean in her life and what it would be interpreted as, you know, how how she then sees that in their relationship. And, um, you know, it's enough sometimes to keep a silent for years in a relationship um, instead of taking that risk. And usually, you know, the biggest thing that we have to fear is that feeling of rejection. And, you know, I think we fight that feeling so much. We try to hold the, away that emotion of rejection for so long that it begins to hurt us on the inside. And the relationship suffers, we suffer. And, you know, if those words could actually come out and we would have the courage to go ahead and say them, then the relationship has a chance to grow, right? Because now two people are actually in communication. But it can be scary for a lot of women, I think, for a very long time. Um, I think, Kerry, coming back to what you were saying about rejection, I think we are so scared of rejection. And I think, uh, you know, we are humans that we we were you know, we, our brains are wired for survival and we think that if we are not accepted in a group that we are go, not going to survive. And I think that's the power of coaching um, and the work that you do is to take your clients through that process of experiencing all emotions and that we know that once we've experienced them, we come out on the other side and we know that that emotion didn't kill us because now if I can just feel rejection and not think that it's going to be the end of my life or, uh, or the end of a relationship, I'm going to be willing to do a whole lot more in my life. I'm going to take bigger risks because I know that those emotions that we feel is just, it's just a, uh, you know, something that happens in our body and it isn't this worst case scenario that we play out in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting thought. It's kind of like trust the relationship, right? Having faith in the relationship that it can survive two opinions, like, you know, different opinions. With, and in fact, what's so interesting about that is it's almost like we believe the lie instead. We believe that this relationship can't withstand each of us having two different ideas when really what the truth of that is, is our relationship is so much better when there's two different opinions here. 
and how rich and beautiful, you know, that is. But it's just it's just like us to go to the fear and and the negative, right? To to think that we're going to be alone and and um, and my mind goes there very quickly. I'll I'll say that for sure. In my marriage, that's what kept me quiet for so long. Um, is that that thought of well, maybe my marriage couldn't survive me having a different opinion, and so um, of course I proved that not to be true. <laughs> I also think uh, that in relationships, it it's it's important for us to speak our truth and to be authentic because we build trust that way. And the other person, it's almost like we are our our internal and our external world is is aligned. Um, and I think the other person gets to know me and gets to trust me because I'm always I'm consistent. That my body language is is and and what happens for me internally and what I say externally sort of lines up. So that's a benefit to me why we need to voice our opinions in relationships and why it's so important for us to develop further, to grow and to even, you know, in our marriages or parenting or even being a business owner, it's so important for us to voice our opinions so other people can 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 trust us. They can get to know us. They know what is acceptable, but what is not acceptable. And that they see that we live our life, it all of it is in alignment. It's not that we say one thing now or the one day we feel this way and then a week down the line, you know, that person experiences us being totally different. I mean, that brings that inconsistency. So, and I also think then once we've built that trust with other people, you know, we, we're building that confidence within ourselves as well um, and that we... We know that our voice is our power and that, again, that what we say inside is in alignment with what happens on the outside. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think one other thing I would add to this conversation um, for me was, again, when first learning how to express my own thoughts and ideas um, was also about learning how to hear other thoughts and ideas and to know that, that we are not in a competition with the other person. I think sometimes that, that can be our nature or it can be the condition of the relationship that maybe is, you know, whatever, if it's a work relationship or what have you, that again, being able to hear the other person is so important, I think, to, you know, bringing out authentic relationship, just like you're saying, I think you said it so well. And I think that's a beautiful place to kind of uh, maybe wrap this up. What do you think? Anything else you wanted to add or something else to to say about all of that? I think we've covered quite a bit today. And we touched on all the aspects that I wanted um, to bring to our listeners. So I'm quite happy with what we've done today. Thank you for your time and um, your insights uh, with regards to this topic, uh, Kerry. That's, uh, that's it from me. 
Yeah. Thanks, Norma. We'll see you next week. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of A Fold and Fabulous Over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.